Good morning on this Monday, the 4th of March, I think. We got a lot of catching up to do. I have uh, not put out a whole bunch of of uh, content in the past week and a half, and for that, I apologize. So, uh, this episode, and maybe the one right after, is going to be spent catching up on all the past uh, week and a half's news, the shit that I've wanted to talk about, and uh, and also uh, a little a little insight into what I've been working on. So I guess we'll start with that one. The reason behind me not necessarily putting out so much content is uh, I have been fairly busy. Now some with my my job and my family and, and stuff like that, but uh, also um, a few nights ago I put out my first, and I think I might have talked about this on, on my last episode, maybe not, but I had put out my first video cast on Facebook. And in that, I had a, uh, a fella by the name of Louis Boyce, B-O-Y-C-E. Good dude. Um, he saw me on that, and uh, he's got some professional-level um, production ability, producing ability, and uh, he's helped another one or two fellas that I, I, I know of, maybe more. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Scoozy. Uh, he helped them uh, start up some some kind of podcast slash video casts on uh, on YouTube. Or, oh, I'm sorry, on uh, on Facebook and I think on YouTube. But anyway, so me and him talked a little bit, and we've had some uh, technical difficulties trying to get a, a couple of videos up. Uh, I think we've been successful with one or two, but uh, make sure to go to his Facebook. Um, Lewis Boyce. He's got some pretty good stuff. He and I agree on quite a bit. Uh, he's within the research realm. Uh, pretty good guy. He uh, also has something called the Patriot Corner. He taught me a few things. There's a couple things that I didn't know about. And they're <laughs> not just that uh, he could teach me, um, but there's, there's a, I mean, it, it, the research realm, conspiracy research realm, Dude, there is so much information to be had. There is so much. And I mean, I've been studying this shit for... Uh, solid for seven years. I've been dabbling with it. I want to say... You know what? I keep saying seven years. It's longer than that. It's been as long as my son's been alive. And then some. So, I'd say I, I started kind of paying attention to it. And, and being kind of wrestling with the ideas about 15 years, but a solid 10 years of, of actually checking it out, seven to 10 years. Anyway, so, um, yeah, there's, and, and even with all of that research, even with all the, the stuff that I, I, I do know, there's plenty of stuff I don't. And just look at what's happening now, the amount of news that's being churned out every day. Every day there's, a, there's another story. Every day there's somebody doing something. Um, that affects our lives. So, uh, oh, Border Patrol, you're in trouble. Um, motherfucker. Sorry, driving. Sorry, not sorry. Any hizzle. Uh, he's got something, uh, he's got a website called the patriotscorner.com. So, uh, check that out. 
And um, as I come up, I'm going to try and bring him up. He's doing all of this out of the kindness of his heart to help me out. And I'd like to do the same for him. So good dude. Check him out. And um, and so there's that. So we've had, he and I, I think we've, we've worked three nights together, two or three nights. And uh, I think we turned out a couple of videos. But uh, I'm going to spend some of my time uh, working with him and then some of my time doing my own uh, stuff on on um, Facebook. So if I'm already starting to do videos on Facebook, I'm probably going to move over to YouTube at some point. Um, when you see me, it's going to be exactly what you think. <laughs> uh, you'll see. So uh, I'll tell you when I'm, I'm putting up uh, YouTube videos. And, um, and so that's the reason behind, at least in part, why I haven't been churning out so much, uh, so many episodes. But today I got a nice hour and a half long drive or hour now and, uh, an hour and a half long drive on the way back. So we'll get some content, get some stuff for your ear holes to listen to. And as I bring out my list of other stuff that I wanted to talk about, uh, first and foremost, Cohen is a big old fatty, fat, fat, pants on fire, liar, 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 pants on fire. My, one of my favorite things that he said was, yeah, I've lied, but I'm not a liar. <laughs> it's like, listen, uh, everybody lies, but it's what you lied about <laughs> that makes you a liar. It's that you were confronted with a pretty important thing to tell the truth on and you failed. So it shows that your integrity and your dignity are not where they need to be and you lied about that. And it was such a big deal that now you're going to federal prison because of it, <laughs> jackass. But it was such a, um, it was such a, you could see he was a, re I'm going to call him a coward. I may not know his heart, but just in what I've experienced in my life and how I've acted when I've been a coward about things, how I've seen other people act when they've been cowards. I believe that I can see it in him that he was uh, showing his cowardice because he was coming out. He did lie. He lied because he said that he didn't want to be a, a part of Trump's. Uh, he didn't want to be get a job in the White House. And yet there's video evidence of saying that he would absolutely take that gig, that he did want to be a part of it. I mean, it's just... He was weaseling his way in and out of things, and it wasn't working very well, which is, is hard to believe that he was ever Trump's lawyer, and for as long as he was, which I think was around 13 years. But he even admitted that he didn't have a lot of, of input. He was just a, a lawyer on retainer. Now, they had asked him if he had any proof of collusion or um, proof of any wrongdoing, and he was like, uh, yeah, well, with one thing. Besides that, he had no proof of uh, collusion, but he wanted to kind of hint that it was it was odd that he spoke so highly of of Vladimir Putin, but he even admitted that he had no proof of collusion. His only proof that he had was some checks for um, that he was arguing was the payback for him paying off Stormy Daniels, which even if Trump were to have paid. Stormy Daniels to shut her mouth. It's not against campaign finance laws. I mean, it's a real hard sell 
that that was to for uh, that was money used from the campaign in order to pay her off. Especially if uh, jackass were to have paid her, and then Trump paid him. It's I mean it's just a it's a it's a far stretch and it's a grasping at straws. But anyway, so that was his only proof with some checks. And luckily, there are some people who um, are in Congress who who are somewhat intellectual. A couple that are really intellectual, like uh, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan, if you don't know about Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan could, could possibly kick your ass. Jim Jordan is a tough dude. <laughs> like he won, uh, he won state champ, uh, state championship in Ohio twice in wrestling. Like this dude is no fucking pushover, and uh, and he's a bit of a bulldog sitting in Congress. So uh, he <laughs> he uh, he went after him a few times, but it, I can't remember if it was Jim Jordan or someone else. I think it was Jim Jordan who pointed out, like, listen, you're his lawyer, so you work for him, he pays you, and he pays you in retainer fees, along when you actually do stuff that he needs you to do, right? Right, okay, so that could easily explain these checks, you jackass, like, you're not making chicken scratch, you're working for Donald Trump, a multi-billionaire, you know, so when it came time that that Cohen could have uh, made it real bad for, for Donald Trump, he did. And instead, he chose to try and lie on, on stupid things that somehow he thought would kind of diminish um, the, the look on him, on, on how other people view him, and also somehow try to pad his reputation or bring some of it back. It was just, it was all out lose-lose for the guy. And so now... Even though he is going to prison for three years and a couple months, um, I think it was the uh, the um, House Intelligence Committee that that want new charges to be brought against him because of a couple of the lies that he told. It's like, dude, you are fucking talk about digging yourself a deeper hole. That jackass is uh, God. He should have just shut his mouth. He should have just I don't know, but. And that's the thing about the Mueller investigation. They went after the small the small guys and uh, the people that really had not much to do with anything in Trump's administration and in Trump's campaign. And they, they I mean, they went after them hard in order to, to hopefully get these guys to flip on Trump. Well, if you don't have anything to use against Trump, anything, anything solid, uh, the most you're going to get is lies. And that's what happened in this case. The guy lied about some shit that at the time he didn't even, he didn't, I don't believe, uh, he didn't think would come back on him. Um, and it did. And now he's fucked because now he's got to, he's got to try and flip on Trump in a certain way in order to get some light on him. But even then, I mean, they brought up, Somebody brought up something about Trump beating his wives, and he, and even at that point, Cohen had nothing. He was like, "Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think that he would ever do that," and I never saw it myself. So, I mean, it was, it was such a dumb, dumb thing. And there was, uh, I can't remember the one congresswoman who uh, who pointed out like, "This is a waste of time. We all know what this is. This is a waste of time. We could be actually doing some things for the the." Uh, 
the American people. Instead, we're sitting here in this ridiculous witch hunt bullshit trial dealing with this guy who's already lied to us. Um, it's, this is a waste of time. So good on her. I can't remember her name. You'd have to watch it again, but she, uh, good lady. So let's just start running through all of these fun things. And I think I might end on, on, uh, the thing that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, which was, uh, macro evolution in terms of race. Um, so to start here, just going down the list. Conspiracy theories never involve conservatives slash patriots. Okay? It's not to say that they can't involve Republicans, because they absolutely do. You have have George Bush Sr., who is a Republican. You have George Bush Jr., who is a Republican. Some might argue that George Bush Jr. (coughs) was a conservative. uh, Because uh, there's a lot of talk about how he was a Christian... Um, and in fact, when, uh, who was it, uh, System of a Down, um, during uh, the early 2000s, they came out with toxicity, 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 anyway, it was that album that they came out with, they had, um, up in the sandbox. What is the name of it? They had that one song that came out. So anyway, that uh, basically that that album was directed towards George Bush and, and Christianity. A lot of people started attacking Christianity at that point because George Bush was seen as a, a an uber um, Protestant Christian. However, my argument to that would be that one. I believe that 9-11 was an inside job. I believe it was uh, orchestrated by the CIA. I believe that Dick Cheney was a part of it. And I believe that George Bush was a part of it. George Bush Jr. I mean, there's plenty of theories out there that uh, George Bush Sr., his father had something to do with, um, with the assassination of JFK. In fact, may have given the order to have JFK assassinated. And in talking over the weekend on the JFK assassination, I don't care who did it in the sense of who actually pulled the trigger. I could give a fuck, okay? I know that that, that's been a thing that a lot of people have focused on, but I don't care. I don't care who pulled the trigger. I care who gave the order. I care who was behind it. Because the guy that killed him, I mean, what's that gonna do? Okay, you find out the person that pulled the trigger. What's that going to do? It's more of an, of an implication on the person or the group or the institution, whatever it may be, that, that called for the killing in the first place. And there's plenty of people that believe it was uh, George, I can't, was it Herbert Walker? Was that his name? Herbert Walker Bush? I can't remember the guy's first name, but it was uh, George H.W. Bush's dad. So W's great, uh, grandfather. Anyway. So there's a lineage that's already started. And to think that George Bush Jr. wasn't a part of it, I think that he was a patsy for sure. I don't think he was all that smart. I think that when they put him in, much like um, Jeb, they're kind of stupid anyway, but that's all they had. And so uh, I think he was a patsy, and I think he was the perfect patsy. You have have a, a setup 
in which you blame one religion and then you have an overreaction or a bad reaction from another religion in order to go into the Middle East and disrupt it and cause uh, disruption uh, uh, amongst the rest of the world, especially in the Western world, in which it gets so bad that you bring in a peacekeeping institution like the United Nations, um, which I believe it will be, who will be the bringer of the new world order. They'll, they'll, they'll end the old world order and they'll call it something new, obviously the new world order. And I think all of that was one big, large plan. And I don't think that George Bush is as much of a conservative as other people believe that he was. He was a piece of shit. He was a part of, uh, he was just as bad as, as Barack Obama. I think that those two were on level ground. And I think George Bush, uh, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton are on, on level ground. So if we can have, like, as I've said before, the worst presidents in, in our history would be, uh, George Bush Jr. and Barack Obama, and then just above them at the same tie, like I just said, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton. Because in that, in those, uh, let's see, that's 8, 16. (coughs) (coughs) Oh, shit. Gotta get over. Jesus. Guy? 24. Um... And he only, I think George Bush Sr. only served four. So 28 years. In that 28-year span, um, shit got pretty bad. Um, our our uh, our debt grew, what was it, seven? I think it was six or seven trillion when George Bush Sr. got in. And it was and it ended at 20 trillion. So let's say, uh, let's 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 say it was seven. That's $13 trillion in 28 years that it grew. More than it's ever grown in the the history of uh, the United States. And that's just one indicator of how shitty they all were. Obviously, we lost some rights thanks to George Bush. And this is another thing that's not conservative about George Bush Jr. was we had the Patriot Act and the Freedom Act, which stripped away rights of privacy for us. So... No, I absolutely do not think that he was a conservative like other people think. I think he was more a Republican and an establishment Republican at that. And uh, and so that would still fit into my argument that I just made that conspiracy theories or conspiracies have never dealt with patriots, conservative patriots. And I don't really think, as I did in my one episode, that there can be a liberal patriot. I think that's hogwash. I think the liberals are just are too far gone. They're um, indebted to, or not indebted, but they're tied to the left, to leftism, and leftism uh, is for globalism, and it's against, um, it's against the, the, uh, the idea of uh, nationalism, which is not a bad thing. Um, so yeah, the the in conspiracy theories or conspiracies, actual known conspiracies. Conservative patriots are have, have never been the bad guys. And that would actually also, I pointed out, uh, would also go in terms of the church. If you think that Catholicism 
and the church of, of uh, 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 the Catholic Church is somehow unique in the sense that uh, there are gays, there are gays in the clergy, there are gay priests. If you think that it's only that it's a uniquely Catholic thing, you're you're mistaken. And I would argue that you you do some research because there are are gays who are in position of power in the Lutheran Church, in the Bath, uh, the Baptist Church, non-denominational churches. Um, so much so that they uh, they've also helped create uh, the Unity Church, which is not Christian. Um, and uh, there's a couple other that are, that are like the Unity Churches, and uh, that's not conservatism. Um, in any way, shape, or form, either. Oh, here comes something uncomfortable. Uh, and I say it's uncomfortable because I'm hard-pressed. I'm not in front of a computer right now, and I wish I was so that I could kind of... And I probably should have done a little bit of research before I came on here, a little bit of uh, prepping before I came on here to make my argument sound a little bit more solid. But fuck it. Let's walk through this. How do you prove something? How do you prove the existence of something? I was actually asked this one day, and uh, you'd think that after that, um, I would have taken the time to really sit down and prep and prepare and and make my argument a little bit more solid, but I didn't, because I had other shit that I had to do. So, uh, we're going to walk through it right now. How can you prove the existence of something, or how can you explain how you can believe something. Well, I think empirical evidence is is uh, is pretty good. Is a pretty good uh, way to measure if something is is truthful, um, or at least to be used towards an argument if something exists or is proof. But as I have said uh, before, is that take anything in history and take the the knowledge that we have of it. Well, it cannot necessarily be absolute other than the the fact that you have something in your possession, a physical something that you hadn't had before. So it almost takes a bit of faith to believe in something that we know throughout history, right? Even if we were to find some manuscript or some some, uh, scroll of some sort that's saying something, you still have to take faith on whoever wrote that. And as I've mentioned before, I would argue that about 85% of the information that we hold within ourselves, within our minds, the the amount of intellect that we have, 85% is from something that somebody else told us, and then 15% would be through our own experience. And that takes faith. When you're listening to, or you, the, the information that you have that's told by somebody else, that takes faith to believe it. Because as we have, take climate change. There are actual scientists out there, if you didn't know this, that don't believe that climate change is what the climate alarmists say that it is. And so now you have two sides who are both quote-unquote experts in certain fields, whether it be climatology or ecology or something along those lines, who disagree. Now, one, I would, I would accept that, or not accept that, but welcome that. I like disagreement in a, in a sense. I mean, when you have overwhelming absolute proof, like video evidence of somebody doing something, it's kind of hard to come up with two different sides. 
But even look at today and look at, look at uh, let's say, the State of the Union address by Donald Trump or something like that. Something where he would come out and he would say something. Well, you're going to have the liberals who are going to come out and they're going to look at it at a very through a very different view, viewpoint, a vantage point, I guess. Well, viewpoint, not vantage point. They're going to look at it from this angle that he's a bad man and everything that he does is bad and even... Even what he's saying, they can watch the same shit that you do, and they'll come out with a completely different thought of what he said. Um, Tommy Loren was on uh, Twitter the other day, and she pointed out that if Donald Trump were to come out and he were to somehow, some way, acquire world peace, the liberal left would argue that world peace is racist and Islamophobic and homophobic and blah 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 blah. And it's a great point because it seems as no matter what he does, and this argument I'm sure you've heard, Donald Trump, six years ago, everybody loved him. The rappers rapped about him. Everybody wanted to stay at his hotel and go to Mar-a-Lago and things of that nature. And now all of a sudden, he is the worst racist that's ever been. He's worse than Hitler. He's just, he's all of these different things. And they say that, and this is why I call them crazy and mouth breathers and stupid, is because there's no black fans pulling up and throwing, you know, black bags over uh, gays' heads and throwing them in the car and taking them off to a fucking FEMA camp to have uh, electroshock therapy. That's not happening, you know? Yeah, is ICE going out and doing their job? Yeah, because that's their fucking job. That's what they're supposed to do. If you want to say that that's Hitler, Hitler wasn't doing that. Hitler was killing the Jews in his own public, or in his in his own country. He was sending them off to an, uh, uh, a, basically an extermination camp. Donald Trump is sending those who are illegal aliens back home. You're going back home. You're not getting sent off to some death camp. You're going away. So, um, when it comes to how can you absolutely prove something? I think at some point or another, and this is more obviously going to be in the in the in the thought process of how can you prove the existence of God? Well, I think both sides have to do what I just did, take a deep breath and finally admit I can't absolutely prove it. I can't absolutely prove it to you, which is kind of where faith comes in. And just as much as people want to take faith in science and go, well, science can disprove it. How? They can't. And it tends to come more so in, in line with uh, your senses. Well, I can't, I can't see them. I can't touch them. I can't speak to them, so I can't hear them. I can't sense them with any of my senses. Which is why I've gone into love. And that would be my proof. So some of it's going to have to be taken on experience. At least where I'm coming from in this. And that you can't, you can't prove to me love, right? But we know that it exists. But I can't prove to you. I don't have some form of measurement. I don't have some empirical data in order to point out that this is love. But we must go on what all of us feel together, in a sense. That we all understand that a mother, more times than not, is going to love her kids. And a father is going to love his kids. However, there have been cases, obviously, where fathers go away and mothers go away. 
for anybody that thinks that, and this is more on the liberal left side, that their side is immune and women are, are, are the best at doing everything. And, um, and this actually goes into family law. The, the most ridiculous assumption is that a court of law would ever choose one parent or another. Uh, and what I mean by that is Michigan, like a lot of states, is a pro-mother state in, the, in family law. Government needs to get out of family law altogether because they suck at everything except for taxing us and spending our money and, and destroying shit. But the fact that the government is involved in family law and then they choose one parent over the other. Well, that's just ridiculous because there is plenty of, of uh, examples of moms who have left their family, of crazy bitches. And that's not to say that all women are crazy, but it's also not to say that all men are bad fathers. I am a good father. I know other good fathers. So it, it, it um, to choose one parent over the other is um, is undermining family altogether, especially when you're not out to actually be for the ones who suffer the most, which are the kids. Even though they'll try to say, yeah, we're, we're for the kids and all this. No, they're not. The government is, is in it for money and that's it. So how to prove something? It's uh, absolutely, uh, is it impossible? It depends on the person. And I, and I don't want to make a cop-out. And maybe I might come up with another episode that's going to be dedicated solely to that and maybe make a better argument. Um, But when you're talking about proof and you're talking about individuals, yeah, I'd say that uh, it depends on the person. Because some people aren't going to believe shit even when you you give them the empirical data, the the, the absolute evidence, uh, like in a scenario where you might have video evidence that's recorded with audio. And somebody outright saying, I did this in the sense of maybe a murder trial or something along those lines. But like I said in my example of like proving that God exists and how would I know? Well, I know that God exists as much as I know that my mom loves me. As much as I know that my kids love me because I know that I love them. And I know that I'm not the only one that has experienced love. Um as I, in faith, have to believe that other people love things as well. So if that's, if that's half-hearted to you, I understand. Um, but hopefully you can understand the, the point that I'm trying to make too. And again, I might have to uh, make a, a, a sole episode dedicated to that. And it, it, right now, as I'm thinking about it, it sounds like something that I'd want to do. Um, and that'll come, that'll come after my, um, my episode that I'm getting closer and closer to, to churning out or getting out there on the divinity of Jesus, which I'm a couple of steps closer to. Next point, time travel. Now, this actually will come in line with the Mandela effect. However, uh, talking with um, the guy that I talked to the other day that I've been working with, Louis Boyce, he actually had a really good argument to be said that, uh, and I'll get to the time travel thing, but I, for anybody that's heard the episode of mine where I talked about the Mandela effect, if you don't know what the, the Mandela effect is, the Mandela effect is, uh, named after, 
what many believe happened to uh, fuck what's his first name it's Mandela the, the, the dude over there in Africa he was a leader oh god I can't even think of, of where he was at was it I don't think it was uh, South Africa maybe it was anyway it was a country over in Africa he was a leader he was imprisoned he was a psychopath before that he was like Shea Caveira in fact his wife after he went into prison was uh catching uh, the the people who were against them. She'd taken prisoners and she'd put a tire around their head. She'd obviously like uh, um, cinch their hands and their feet and then put a tire around their head and light it on fire. And I forget what they called that. Some kind of a, a melting necklace or something like that. I mean, it was, they were fucked up. But anyway, some people believe that Nelson Mandela died was it 2013? I think that he died in 2013. Maybe it was earlier. I can't remember the exact year. So I'm really fucking this one up. So just hang on. All right. This is going to be a rough episode. Anyway. So the whole point is people believe that Nelson Mandela, Mandela, Nelson, that's what his name is. Fuck. Nelson Mandela died before um, he did. And so they call it the Nelson, or I'm sorry, they call it the Mandela effect. I'm uh, gonna slow the fuck down. Mentolito. These motherfuckers down here don't play, dude. Any hizzle. So, but there's not the only memory um, that's that's like that because the pe- people that believe that he died before he did would swear to you on everything that they had that he that they remember watching his funeral before the the time that he actually died. I think he did die in 2013, but people believe he died in like 2007 or 2008. And I kind of remember that too, but that's not the only example. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Uh, there's another one, and this is one that really got me, and a lot of things surround JFK. In JFK's assassination, I remember watching it and seeing only four people in the limousine, where other people... Well, where now there's video of there being six people in the limousine. I do not remember that. I would swear on everything that I remember seeing only four people in the limousine. But now there's six. And I'm not the only one. There's plenty of other people out there that believe that, or that remember, have vivid memories. Vague is opposite of vivid. Vivid is like exact. Vague is like uh, 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 cloudy, if you will. I I have vivid memories of there being four people in the limousine, and you might also. However, you might also believe that there was was six, or you might remember that there was six. It's not so much about belief as as much as memory. There's other examples. Um, They bring up some that I don't really put too much stock in, like uh, the VW, where they remember the the symbol of uh, Volkswagen. The V and the W were connected, and now there's a there's a line between them. Uh, Fruity Pebbles used to be spelled F-R-U-I-T-Y. I'm sorry, Fruit Fruit Loops. My bad. Fruit Loops used to be spelled F-R-U-I-T and then L-O-O-P-S, and now it's F-R-O-O-T-L-O-O-P-S. And there's plenty of things like that. One of the bigger ones is that 
uh, Sinbad, the comedian, the stand-up comedian, starred in a movie called Kazam. Is it? It's either Kazam or Shazam, but I think it's Kazam. K A Z A A M. And they have vivid memories of watching the movie with Sinbad as this genie in this movie. I sort of have that, um, but there's other people that have serious belief that that's it. So anyway, there's some some of the examples of the Mandela effect. What my buddy Lewis Boyce uh, believes, or at least he, he has a theory, is that anybody that watched or read the book The Secret... Um, in, in, in the sense of the rules of attraction, once they, once they came across the explanation of the rules of attraction through the secret, that it somehow, some way, um, hypnotized them in order to believe that they had different memories than they did. And I think that that's actually a pretty good theory. So I think that that would have to have a little bit more research into it. It would ha- There would have to be a questionnaire of anybody that has different memories of a Mandela Effect example. You'd have to check and see if they also had watched The Secret. Because, And the weirdest thing about him saying what he said was, he asked me about the rules of attraction. And my first, um, my response to that was, well, I've seen The Secret. And then he came in to talk about that. So, I mean, I guess it's not too much of a stretch for him to have, have been uh, insinuating that it was the secret and that I had seen the secret or whatever like that. But um, my point about that is, okay, he has one theory about that, but, but the other part is that I don't believe that we time travel. There are some people that believe that we died in 2012. The entire existence of everything ended in 2012 and there was a hiccup somewhere. There was a hiccup some, somewhere in there in the, in the time paradigm in which our world may have... I know this is getting out there, <laughs> but just play along with me for a minute. But that uh, our world, our reality merged with another reality that was different. And as it merged, memories, some memories stayed the same while different parts of history um, were shifted. However, I think that if we were to, that, yeah, if we were to have time travel, and I mean, that could be, I'm not throwing away the, the, the possibility of time travel altogether, but that it would fuck up way too much shit. There would be way too much things, too many things that would be, wrecked and shifted due to just one, almost like the butterfly effect, where just one small detail of history, if changed, would violently um, shift the rest of the future, or the rest of the present time. Um, however, I think time travel is, is just such a, 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 an unknown, and it's so unbalanced that it could have dire consequences had somebody actually time traveled into the past and uh, and and merely breathed, merely just uh, had their presence in there that it would so radically change everything. I don't think it would be as simple as just a couple of memories being being different. But not only that, you were intended to be in this time. 
Sam Harris, as I've talked about before, the uh, the New Age douchebag uh, atheist who likes to try to attack Christianity. Yes, he goes after Islam, but guess who he doesn't go after? Hindu, Buddhism. Um, doesn't uh, he does kind of go after Judaism? But it's mostly the Abrahamic religions. He doesn't go after Luciferians. He doesn't go after Satanists. But he goes after uh, Judaism, Christianity the most, and Islam the second most. But, uh, fuck, where was I going with that point? He believes in determinism. I don't, I believe that you were intended. Oh, he likes to point out that Jesus came at a time when nobody read, when, when most people didn't know how to read or write. Um, and he likes to play off of that and say, well, that's why this story became so big and things of that nature. Much like the liberal left, they like to cherry pick in history, um, who was an intellectual and who wasn't. Um, and it really, it waters down, uh, our understanding of, of, of people in the past. Uh, not just that, but it really, it undermines, I should say, the intellects of the past because, we're very fortunate and we have the privilege to not have to go back and, and acquire all of that information that our predecessors did, who, who were the first to go through it and to call them stupid and to call them dumb and things of that nature is, uh, is, uh, fuck, what's the word? Just being a dick, really. Because we have, thanks to them, we have the information that we, we do. And so, yeah, Jesus came at a time when we didn't have computers and we didn't have video and things of that nature, but he kind of came at the perfect time. Not kind of, he did. He came at the perfect time in order to make the most uh, effect on people. Now, if you want to take Sam Harris's way, I guess that's okay, but hey, what about, all right, what if Jesus were to come right now? What about people a thousand years from now? You don't think that they're going to try and make that same? Well, they didn't know how to how to telepathically communicate with one another, with one another. So, you know, Jesus should have came now. You know, it's, it's, it's an endless checkmark list that people like Sam Harris will need in order to, to allow for something to be true or not. But anyway, my argument is, is that you were intended to live now as just as much as the people back then were intended to live then for you to make the mark on history that you do now. And I think that's actually something that I need to make another video or another episode on and maybe spend a little bit more time delving into the idea of why you were intended to live now, why I was intended to live now, why other people were intended to live now, others will be intended to live in the future, and those of the past were intended to be li- to, to, to live back then. Um... Next point, socialism versus needs. How long have I been doing this? Hold on, let me check my time. 42. Yeah, this is going to be a two-hour episode. Let's have some fun. Any hizzle. Uh, Socialism versus needs. Well, socialism now has really fucked up so much um, or has gone so far past like the the mere idea of, of dealing with people's basic needs that you have uh, Bernie Sanders who wants to give everybody free free uh, education. Well, that's not a basic need. 
needs versus wants, and I know that he would argue that it's needs because uh, he's stupid and he's never had to work a hard day in his life and, in fact, didn't have a job until he was 40. So he wouldn't know much about needs. He's had his needs fulfilled his entire life. Uh, I just saw an article yesterday, the day before, where he was basically complaining that, that, um, that Donald Trump, growing up, never had had to need for anything basically and and he was he was kind of making himself out to be that he didn't have what Donald Trump had and it's like yeah but dude you were given everything your entire life you went off to Ivy League schools what are you complaining about are you really going to try and and make some kind of weird comparison that just because Donald Trump had his family had more money than your family that you were somehow less fortunate than him you fucking prick when did you go hungry like my mom did a lot for us but it was one lady and three kids and we all it's funny because we all make the same argument that my mom would always say well there's food in the in the fridge and true there was there's a lot of stuff that could be considered edible (laughs) but we're talking like fucking butter (laughs) we're talking about like jelly and maybe we didn't have bread. <laughs> like, it's not to say that we ever had it so bad that we were all, that we had like like hunger pains because we didn't. But we certainly didn't come from the Bernie Sanders background. You know, Bernie Sanders family they were eating out whenever they want. They they had everything they needed. I had one good pair of pants for the longest time. I remember. Now I am I am swimming in denim. I have plenty of jeans. Um, and it's why I feel so uncomfortable in a suit because I didn't come up in that type of life. I came up a relatively poor kid. And in fact, there were other people far more poor than I was. My best friend, Shane, his family was, was more poor than ours was. So when I, and I'm not complaining, like I, I'm just pointing out that I didn't come from a lot of money. But even as I say that, my best friend was had his mom had less money than I did even though when I first met him they had a uh, they were living on a farm not first met him but first started hanging out with him him and his mom his stepdad and his sister uh, were living on a farm in a good house and uh, his stepdad's name was uh, Ronnie good dude and uh, they had some money then in fact his mom um, no I, I can't say that I'll, I'll say it later at another time but anyway um he had a go-kart, lived on a farm, you know what I mean? They had some money, but then eventually uh, him, his mom, and his sister, they split from, from his stepdad and ended up having a lot less money. But they know what it's like to live without, more so than I do. So for this fucking socialist, this piece of shit, who's out there claiming that he's, out, he's, he's trying to help everybody else out with their needs, their basic needs, is a load of shit. Basic needs does not include... Um, uh, school. It does not include education. That is not a basic need. A basic need is food, shelter, clothing. That's it. And socialism, I'm telling you, dude, socialism cannot sustain itself. It is a negative. When you're trying to, quote, quote unquote, trying to help everyone, you're not going to do it. It's you, What you're doing is you're taking from the earners and giving it to the non-earners. And again, like the Green New Deal, 
They're wanting to give money to those who, we've, who refuse to work, who are able-bodied. It should be a glaring red flag for people to understand that socialism is an evil, evil practice of, of, of uh, the economy. And it does not fit the needs because eventually those who earn, if you keep taking money away from them, you will take away the incentive to earn and then there won't be anybody to work anything and to come up with new ideas and things of that nature. Now, this actually plays into something else. That's, again, a little uncomfortable. And that's what type of economy do we have? Oh, I think that we have to all admit that we have a mixed economy. We have a mixed capital, capitalist economy with social aspects, socialism aspects. And blended together would then be labeled a mixed economy, capitalism and socialism, because we have such things as um, welfare. We have such programs like that and a few others that tend to help out certain people in need of certain things. Quote, unquote, in need. Don't take that, that saying too strongly, if you would. And in fact, at this point, we have a mandatory insurance. Well, no, I'm sorry. Nope, they took that away. We had a mandatory insurance for healthcare. Well, healthcare, and again, so this is going to go into needs versus um, rights. And is a need a right? And uh, no, the, a need is not a right. And my best example, or one of my examples that I use quite often, is responsibility. As in, somebody who their, their life is not so great, maybe they're suffering from a, an illness or an injury in which um, in order to live a, a better life, and this comes into subjectivity. So somebody, you know what, fuck it, take myself. I suffer from uh, chronic inflammation. My life could be better without that inflammation. So is that therefore a need? I think that that comes down to subjectivity. I think that it, to different people, like myself, I don't believe that it's a need. I think if I want to live a life that has less pain in it, then I need to do certain things. But that it, it's not necessarily, necessarily a need, that I can get by in my life, I can live all the way to my death with this, uh, this amount of suffering, this amount of, of inflammation but that it's not necessarily a right of mine to, to have somebody come in and, and uh, give me medicine in order to live a better life. How far am I into this? Oh, nine minutes. Now, the argument um, that some others will make is that things like the military, things like... Um, the police and the fire, basically, municipalities are a uh, a part of socialism. Well, there's a difference there. And it comes down to what, almost like a family, like an actual family, like a mom, a dad, and, and kids, is that they all take from the same um, portion of money that they have, and it's distributed amongst them, but it's because they all have the same um, God, what is the word? It's the same intent, if that's the word. They have they have the same 
goal within the family, which is to, to stay together and to love one another. However, when you have a, a country with so many different families in so many different areas, you're going to find differences in opinion, especially nowadays in the, in the political climate that we have. And so, and so everybody taking out of the same pot isn't going to work the same way. One, because it's so large. Two, because there's so many different um, ideologies and so many beliefs on, on how money can be spent that it's only going to end up in conflict. Where a family, even though they may have conflicts somewhere in there, especially when the kids start getting older, um, with that, it's with, with the family versus the society, it's much different because of the familiarity within the family. As shit, I just had the thought on my on the tip of my brain. Now I can't think of it. The familiarity versus the non-familiarity amongst the society and the and the number of uh, of people. And not just that, but you're taking many different families with many different heads of the household, and you're trying to make them all live according to uh, to uh, uh, minorities' subjective opinion. Of how they should live, and that's only ever going to erupt in conflict. However, when you have certain things like take our government and any government, their core responsibility, really their only responsibility, is to protect our rights. And so, anything more uh, shouldn't be. And a prime example of that is the United States of America, and how we came about, and and um, the the idea of, of limited government and allowing the families to rise and fall in true, in true freedom, in the true fashion of freedom, of where your ability to ha- find success is, is based off of your ambition, is based off of your beliefs. See how uncomfortable this can kind of get because it starts to get, well, one, my argument is, is uh, a little lackadaisical thanks to it, us getting almost done with this episode or at least this hour and the fact that I didn't prep but in contrast to one another something so small as opposed to something like like a family as opposed to society there's just too many different views to think that socialism and taking out of the same pot would ever be valid that it would ever work uh, and sustain itself because of those different, and again, the human factor of want. That is the ultimate deciding factor. That is the ultimate thing that's either going to allow you to find success or not. That is going to get in the way and play a snare. Where in the small family, and let's say it's a, a family of a mom and a dad and 20 kids. Well, you still have the mom and the dad that are the main, that are the head of the household, that are the main income earners and uh, the ones that lay down the law. And the kids, quite frankly, until they become adults, don't have the authority to change that. Nor should they. That's on the mom and the dad to raise them into being good people and being successful people within society. Whereas when you have the society as itself and so many different uh, families, again, from so many different backgrounds and different ideologies... You're never going to get this utopia of everybody believing in the same thing all at the same time and being able to take out of the same pot 
and and uh, not have any any major conflicts. That's just never ever ever going to happen. And I know that because of the history that we've had uh, of the past a hundred plus years of socialism being attempted and finding such catastrophic failures in places like Venezuela and in places like Vietnam and Russia and China and other places. Every time it's been attempted, every time it has ended in genocide, every time it has ended in, uh, in, in mass death. But when you have such smaller things like police... And in fact, even the fire department isn't necessarily a part of the municipalities. And in many places, it's only in major cities like New York, like Detroit, and, and uh, not, I shouldn't say major cities, but large cities. Because over in, um, I could be wrong about it, but maybe Manistee, Michigan, um, or Manistique, Michigan. There's two different cities. Manistique is in the, uh, on the UP which is the Upper Peninsula. Manistee is on the, on the mainland of Michigan, over on the northwest side. Um, you're only going to find volunteer firefighters. Where in the major cities like Grand Rapids or Kalamazoo or Lincoln Park, you're going to find full-time fire. Uh, so it's not a guarantee that they're even a part of the municipalities where you're going to find police in every area because fire happen, happens much less se- or much less often than crime. And so because crime happens so often we need something there in order to uphold our rights. And that's the difference. Um, now that could all be paid through it doesn't have to be paid through income tax. it can be paid through the, the sales taxes as I have made the argument a many a time before. And same like the military. In order to have a country, you need a military of some sort, whether it be militias or a standing military, which even in our constitution, our standing military is only supposed to stand for at least, or for at most two years. The part that has set that aside is why we have been at war. We've only had, I think, in our entire entire existence in 1776, we've only had, I think, a total of six to eight years of no war. And that's because, uh, and that's combined. That's not in a row. And that's because without a war, without a need to have a standing military, they're beholden by the Constitution to uh, dissolve the military, the standing military. But you need a military or a military-like force, i.e. the different militias in the different states, and we are the United States, so they would be united uh, militia forces, in order to secure the borders and to make sure that there is a border, that there is a, a um, <clears throat> excuse me, a, uh, a, a border in the first place. Now, what is socialism? It's in terms of the society uh, maintains the production and, what is it, production of money, basically, and the, what's the other thing? Fuck, I can't think of the other thing. And I don't think I'm going to have time because we have less than a minute. So anyway, I'll finish up that thought or I'll at least attempt to on another episode, hopefully the next one, um, and maybe even garner a whole episode to that. In the meantime, be accountable, be responsible, do not be a liberal. I guess I got to continue this episode. Catch up Monday.
on all the shit that I had to talk about in the beginning of this. So, to continue, I believe I was talking about socialism versus needs. Uh, let's admit, admit a couple of things that are hard to admit. Let's say that uh, in our mixed economy, that if it were true, the municipalities and the military were socialist ideas or aspects of socialism, then we can all, uh, or at least we all should admit that we accept that. Or what? No, we should all accept that. If that were true. And what I'm trying to convey is, anytime that something's true, and it, it, it kind of goes against what you want or what you believe or what you stand for, you still got to admit it. Like, I have to admit that Omar is a congresswoman. I don't like it. I don't like that. Uh, Bernie Sanders, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. These are all people who have power in my government and I have to admit it and I don't like it because they're all a bunch of bitches uh, and I don't mean that as in them being women <laughs> I mean they're just they could be men and they'd be bitches so uh, I, I, I really I just I don't like it and I have to admit it it sucks it's uncomfortable I, I would hate to be talking to somebody from another country um and them like, and me like talking shit about them, and they're like, well, you got Alexandra Ocasio Cortez is a fucking person over there. And I'd be like, I know, I know that, okay? It's one of the bad sides of our country, but yeah. Yes, I know. Leave me alone. Fuck off, all right? Your country sucks. Your country ain't the United States of America, fuck face. Anywho. Um, oh, but so this is the difference. Um, the judicial branch, the executive branch, and the, what did I say, executive, judicial, and legislative branches of our government, uh, these are held in positions of positions. These are, these are positions held by people who need to be paid. So you wouldn't dare call that socialism. Well, they're the same as the municipalities. They're the same as the military. These are not programs in order to give us money that we tax other people for. We tax and again, all of these things could be paid for in sales tax. If you don't think they could be paid for in sales taxes, uh, you're incorrect. <laughs> uh, the reason that we have all of the other taxes is to go and for the government, for the elite, quote unquote, uh, for them to go and fuck around with all day long, to fund school science projects and shit. And I know I just, I really diminished down to what it is, but when you hear about certain schools getting grants, certain scientists at certain schools getting grants for shit, that's your money. They are taxing us and giving them money. And the same with NASA. I have such a problem with NASA because we, just how I see it, my priorities are obviously much different than a lot of other people's. Uh, I don't give a fuck about space. We got shit down here that we need to deal with. Shit down here that we can take care of with that money, with that fucking 600 bill a year that they get. Or is it a million? Billion? Billion. Is it 600? No, I think it's 6 billion. 
Anyway, it's something like that. It's, they get a lot of money. Well, fuck off. You don't need our money. We don't need to fucking explore space. What, because we're doing a pissing contest with Russia and China? Fuck off. We got shit down here that we need to take care of first. And then we can take care of that shit later. Oh, what? We're not going to be able to plant a flag on fucking Jupiter? Big deal. And not just that, all of us are being taxed and our monies are going over to Planned Parenthood whether you like it or not. Anyway, that's why I call for limited government, man. Hold those fuckers accountable. Tell them to get control of their fucking spending. We don't need it. Don't like it. Don't want it. Accepted, accepted, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, looking at my bullet points as I drive. This chick's looking at me like, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, well, you're right, to an extent. You're right. All right? You're talking on a phone too? Fuck off, lady. Your Jeep. I do like Jeeps. Kind of wish I had one. Socialism, mixed economy, yes. Uh, socialism aspects do not work. Oh, that's right. Okay, so socialism is a negative, as I have said this before. And you're just, they're a leech. And you're sticking that, why would you ever, I mean, it's like, it's like the, the liberal left and what they're doing with everything, right? Diversity is our strength. Diversity is not a strength. Diversity is a stupid, made up, dumbass thing that people um, who suck at stuff came up with in order to hopefully get a chance at something. We don't have enough fat people. Could you imagine if it was fat people? Well, we don't have enough fat people in here. It's only, it's only healthy people who are in shape so we need we need more diversity with the fats with the fatty fat fat so let's get some more of these fatties in here how stupid would that be oh you mean the people that are gonna fucking die of a heart attack you mean those people we need some more of them in here no 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 no, no. we don't need diversity diversity is stupid well then you're just gonna have a whole bunch of white people my god you really give white people a lot of credit <laughs> I want the best of the best of the best, okay? I want the best that money can buy. I want the best that I can get. And if it just so happens to be a whole bunch of Orientals, I'm good with that. What's funny about me saying Orientals is I think that that's, that's like um, uh, uh, the word Negro for blacks. <laughs> I think that's what it is. I could be off, but I think it is. So, oops. Oh, well. You'll get over it. Uh, Alex Jones showed up. So I think I'm done with that one. All right. Uh, anyway, the long story short, municipalities and the police and the military and the fire department, these are not socialistic programs. Okay. These are not socialistic aspects of our government. They're a part of government in which they, uh, they serve a purpose and we pay them to do so. And yes, we were being taxed. I wish it wasn't from income tax. We can do it through sales tax and to eliminate this, the income tax altogether. So no, they're not socialistic. Socialistic has to do with um, means of production. What's the other one? Is it property? I think it's property. I, saw, I talked about this the other day. I looked up the definitions, all that other fun stuff. And for some reason, I can't think of it right now. <gasps> Ooh, I almost missed my exit. Oh, oh, oh boy. That would have sucked. You hear all that zip, zip? Yeah, motherfucker, I'm awake. I'm having a great day, by the way. Wake up early. Ooh, here we go. This is, oh, I threw away the thing. Well, I hope I can remember all of it. So I'm going to do my damnedest. Uh, I had some things to help you out in life, okay? Number one, before I forget it, is use baby wipes. 
I know that there's like this fad of the um, the hoses at the toilet that you shoot in your asshole. Um, but 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 hey, a bidet. Why? Why would you ever do such a thing? That's disgusting. You're just blowing watery poop or poopy water all over the place and all over your ass, and then you gotta wipe again. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And by the way, it comes from the Muslims. Probably not a great idea, anything that they have, even algebra. <laughs> Use baby wipes, all right? Let me let me explain something to you. Uh, if baby wipes are good enough for your baby, they're good enough for you, all right? Stop with the bidet bullshit. And not just that. This is what you do, okay? You wipe your ass, so you take a normal shit. And not, and not only does this make you feel refreshed and great and all that and you're clean you got the cleanest asshole i can walk into a room and know that i have the cleanest asshole in that entire room all right uh, I, this is not something that i i would uh think <laughs> this is not something that i would want in a prison <laughs> but in normal everyday life where i'm not held against my will um for committing a crime in a uh in a prison with other men who who uh, will possibly rape me. In normal everyday life, I use baby wipes, and they're fantastic. All right, you get a you get a trash can, you put it next to your toilet, and you put like a plastic uh, Kroger bag or something. You know, whenever you go buy groceries, get plastic. I know out there in California, you psychos are so fucking you're so bad with shit. You're so bad at, at throwing shit on the ground that you can't control yourself, and so now you got to outlaw straws and shit. But for the rest of the normal world. Uh, just take the, the, the plastic bags, save them, and then use one, you know, you got to switch it out whenever it gets full, and you put it in the trash can, and then you wipe your ass with the baby wipe after you're done shitting, and then you throw it in the trash can. Boom. And no, it doesn't smell. Trust me, I've been doing this for almost, no, yeah, for almost 10 years. I've been doing this as long as my son's been alive, because it finally hit me, holy shit, why wouldn't I use a baby wipe? They're more durable than paper towel, and they don't leave little dingles all over, you know, little little, little paper mache, shitty paper mache balls <laughs> attached to your ass. They're, baby wipes are the fucking best. Stop with the bidets. Uh, although, yes, I'm, I'm admitting right now, you know, in a way, I, I'm actually wrestling with this. I'm, I'm working it through as I talk with you. So a bidet, you're not gonna just spray your ass, your poopy ass, and then walk away because you, you you want a dry ass, right? Or else you're gonna walk out with a wet spot at where your where your pooper is. So you're gonna need to wipe it off with toilet paper. So you're still gonna have a, a, a toilet paper. You're still gonna need something to dry it off. That just sounds like a whole stupid process to doing it. Anyway, use baby wipes. It only takes what two, three baby wipes to get all the shit off your ass. Maybe if you've never used it before, it might take a couple more, but after that first time, you're golden, man. Start using them from here on out. Well, it makes me feel a little wet. Well, what do you think a fucking bidet's gonna do? All right, if need be, have a paper towel or a, a, a toilet paper roll right there so that when you're done wiping, <laughs> wiping with the baby wipe, just dry, just pat dry. <laughs> or maybe sit there for another minute and, and air dry. Anyway, it, it by the way, it doesn't leave your ass like soaking wet or anything. Uh, and yes, I have been using primarily baby wipes for the past 10 years. And it works phenomenally, phenomenally, phenomenally. Uh, and yeah, they don't stink. 
and then you just throw them out. You, I mean, you throw the, you take the little trash bag out. You don't even have to touch shit. You just tie it up, throw it out. It's less trash. It's less expensive. You're good. You got. You're golden. You're solid, and you're more clean. So there's one thing. Okay, start using baby wipes. Number two. This is in, in the the vast majority of the next couple of things are going to be for people with. Uh, uh, Inflammation problems, pain, chronic pain. It's going to help you out. I'm here for you. Number one, start using turmeric. Turmeric. T-U-M-E-R-I-C. Turmeric. I believe that's how it's spelled. Turmeric. It's a, it's a root, and they grind it up into a power. People have been cooking with it for a long time. This is what you do. You get a pound of that shit. Okay, you get a pound of it off of Amazon. I think you can get it for like 30 bucks. You get a pound of that. And then you get the the uh, vegetable capsules. That's like maybe five bucks. All right. I know this sounds expensive, but I'm telling you, it'll last you at least six months, maybe a year. And you you also got to get some plastic gloves, some some disposable plastic gloves. And at night, when you're just sitting there, instead of watching porn, okay, you're gonna do this. You're gonna you're gonna watch some some. Uh, conspiracy theory documentaries. You're going to just put it up on your computer at your desk and you're going to get out the pound of turmeric. You know what? Just cut it open, put it into a, uh, uh, a like one of those rubber rubber plastic, rubber made bowls, okay? That can withstand a pound of powder. Or it's orange powder. And then you're going to put on the uh, the gloves and then you're going to take the, the shells, the vegetable shells, the empty vegetable shells, and you're going to start making your own capsules of turmeric and then you take two at night two in the morning and it helps with anti-inflammation okay it, it helps to do it helps to lower the inflammation that you got going on so there you go you got turmeric that helps number two start taking cold showers now that doesn't mean that you hop into a cold shower I've seen people do this that is the stupidest shit ever don't do that. Go into a normally warm shower, whatever you would normally take. Go in, start taking your shower, and get clean. And then, uh, towards the end of it, turn that bitch on 100% cold water. Have it hit your chest at first. Grab, like, take, make balls, or make fists out of your hand, and brace for it because it's going to be cold as fuck. All right? I've had times where I've nearly passed out. Now, if you're over the age of 65, probably don't do this. <laughs> you might pass out and hurt yourself. Maybe don't do it if you're that old or kind of ease into it. But anyway, take a cold shower. And you don't have to, it doesn't have to be very long. Just a couple of minutes. Some people say at least three minutes. And let it hit all of the cold spots on your body. I take them every single time I have a shower. You want to know why I sound like I'm, I'm fucking running on a thousand right now? Because I am. Because I took my cold shower this morning. Now I haven't. I didn't take my turmeric. However, I did some other shit. So um, take your cold shower, and then uh, when you're done with the cold, lean down, turn it back a little bit warm. Don't go all the way back to what you had it at. Just a little bit warm. And now you can relax a little bit. You're refreshed, and you're getting hit with warmer water. You're great. It's awesome. It's fucking fantastic. I am telling you. Try it. Don't be a pussy. Try it. 
Now, uh, kind of in addition to that, stop washing your hair with shampoo. Wash your hair with just the water. Wash your hair like you normally would, just without anything, without any shampoo, just water. I know this sounds like it would be disgusting and all that. I'm telling you, your your body, once when you do that with the water and you just kind of like massage your hair and all that, and you wipe it out and all, all the water out or whatever, you're, you actually cleanse it as much as it needs to be cleansed. Now, if somebody throws a turd at you and it hits your hair, yes, wash with shampoo on that one, okay? If somebody pukes on you like a baby or something, yeah, maybe you shampoo that time, all right? It would just be like your dog shitting on your floor, all right? You're going to clean up the shit, you're going to spray some uh, chemical on there, and then you're going to... Uh, then you're gonna, then you're, then you're good, and you're gonna wipe it off or whatever. All right. But besides that, your daily shower routine. Stop washing with shampoo. You're going bald. You don't know why. You think it might be stress, which is a part of the factor. It's one of the factors. However, your shampoo is making you bald. Quit using it. Trust me. If you take a shower every day and you do what I just told you to do, you're not gonna, you're gonna go less bald and your hair is going to be nice and clean. It doesn't need to be more clean. The reason that you get dandruff in the, in the winter is because you're using that fucking shampoo. Doing it this way, you'll never get dandruff. And in fact, here's what I do, because I, I, I got to take that, I got to roll that back a little bit. If I take hot showers, like hot, hot showers in the winter, even with what I'm doing, not using shampoo, I'll still get, I'll still get uh, dandruff because your, your scalp gets dry from the hot, water. So I'll take my nice hot shower and I won't wash my hair. And then I'll take my cold shower and I still won't wash my hair. But then when I turn it a little bit warm, now I'll wash my hair and I'll get my whole body in there and everything. And it's wonderful. It is fabulous. It truly is. So start doing that shit because it's fantastic. Um, eating, eating. Now, now that was the shower, and we got the turmeric in there, and we got how you're gonna how you're gonna uh, wipe your ass. We got those down. Now we are going to go into your diet. All right, I am not. I'm not going to tell you you can't ever have the food that you like anymore. In fact, I'm not going to say that at all. What I am going to say is start intermittent fasting. Especially if you're overweight and you're looking for a nice, easy way to get rid of that excess fat. Intermittent fasting. It is life-changing. It is wonderful. All right? Georges St. Pierre, who never needed to intermittent fast, who was in great shape anyway. I mean, he was one of the most in-shape guys in the UFC. He started intermittent fasting a couple, like a year or two ago. Now, he's been fighting in the UFC looking great for the past... 10 years or so and he just started doing it a couple years ago and he he talks so highly of this shit he says it's life changing all that other stuff now I'm not only doing it because of him I'm doing it because I asked my one buddy who was in shape when I started working out and I started eating a little better I said dude how do I get rid of this excess this little spare tire I got and he was like intermittent fasting bro now not only him and not only George St. Pierre but my priest who lost, I think it's 65 pounds. My priest told me about intermittent fasting and I didn't believe it. It wasn't until my buddy finally told me and I watched George St. Pierre talk about it that I was like, I'm gonna give this a try. I'm telling you, 
It is phenomenal. I lost 15 pounds of solid, real weight that lasts. It lasts, okay? It's fucking awesome. Now, all you're doing is you're not eating in a certain time frame, okay? Now, you should probably start off a little slow. Don't eat for 12 hours. And you can include sleep in that, all right? You include sleep in that. So maybe you stop eating at 12 o'clock midnight. You don't eat again until 12 o'clock the next afternoon. Boom, you got your 12 done. What you're doing, and I think I've talked about this before, you're just giving your body the time to process all the food in it and get it to where it needs to go. You know, some to the muscles and tissues, some to the tendons and the bone, and, uh, and then other to the shitter and the pisser. You know what I mean? Okay, and then you want to work up to 16. I do 16s. I stop eating at 5.30 at night. I don't eat again until 9.30 in the morning. Nice, long 16. And this is the fun thing. You don't have to do it every day. In fact, don't. That's called time-restricted eating. And it actually doesn't work as good. What you're doing with intermittent fasting is you're you're tricking your body in a way. Okay? Yes, you're giving it time to process all the food. And then you let it go for a minute. And then you do it again. And then you let it go. So it's every other day. And just look this shit up. If you don't believe me, look it up. And yes, you can look, use Google to do it because I don't think Google, I don't think that would be something that would uh, hurt Google. Anyway, intermittent fasting, it's phenomenal. Now, if you really want to lose some weight, do that and then you got to shit some more. How else do you think is the easiest way to lose weight? You got to shit it out. Flaxseed, okay? You don't need a lot of it. I eat, uh, on the days that I don't fast, I eat oatmeal. I get some brown, I get the one packet of brown sugar oatmeal, and what's really great, I put a couple bananas in there, or I put a banana in there, chopped up, I put uh, some, uh, what's those little, is it orangutans? The little oranges, I'll open that up, throw those slices in there, and then I'll take some uh, flaxseed, and I'll mix it in there, just a little spoonful, mix it in there, helps you shit. Shitting is the best way to get rid of excess weight, okay? Yeah, you can sweat it out. Yeah, you can piss it out. But shitting it out is the best. Ladies, I'm sorry for the language on this one. But you're just going to have to deal with it. And yeah, this works for ladies. In fact, I will have to roll that one back a little bit. Ladies, if you're wanting to get pregnant, do not intermittent fast. Okay? It's not that great for ladies wanting to get pregnant. But if you're not wanting to get pregnant, intermittent fast all day. In fact, I've worked up to uh, uh, 24-hour fasts. Around the 22-hour mark, I start to get a headache and my eyes feel like they're sucking into my soul. So, Uh, But besides that, uh, and you feel great afterwards too, after you eat and you've relaxed and all that, the first couple times you do it, uh, you're going to want to eat the earth, okay? You're going to want to eat everything. You might even look at someone else, one of your close friends, and want to eat them. Don't, all right? Just understand that when you get to food, it's going to, and by the way, it tastes better. All right, it's all gonna work out. But yes, the first couple of times you might overeat. Try not to do that. Um, And eventually what happens is your stomach actually grows a little smaller, so you don't need as much to fill you up. It's awesome, I'm telling you. So flaxseed plus intermittent fasting, shit it out. Here's another one. It's called apple cider vinegar. Now don't just get any other, any, any apple cider vinegar. Because it just any isn't going to work. You need the apple cider vinegar 
with mother. M-O-T-H-E-R, like mom. It's called with mother. Apple cider vinegar with mother. And it comes from, I think it's Bragg's. It's probably the best known brand. You take a teaspoon, I'm sorry, a tablespoon in the morning with, I would suggest, 10 ounces of water. So you pour the one ounce of, uh, I'm sorry, the one tablespoon, my God, the one tablespoon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar in your in your glass, and then you fill it with water so that it, it naturally mixes. And then you down that as fast as you can, right in the morning. And by the way, the first thing you should be doing in the morning is drinking some water. No eating, no brushing your teeth, nothing. You should be drinking water. What it does is it actually gets your system to start breaking things down faster. So you do that with the apple cider vinegar, bingo, bango, you've already got your body working in a great way. And in fact, that apple cider vinegar, it starts to wash you out. It melts off that, weight, that, uh, that those fat cells. Now, in all of what I've just said, I have not told you to, to stop eating the way that you do. In fact, don't. You don't have to. And no, it's not a miracle. All you're doing is you're giving your, you're giving your body time to process the food and put it where it needs to go. And not just that, you're getting rid of the waste as fast as you can. And in fact, you're adding to your body, producing waste and getting it out, which is fat. It's awesome. Now, the last thing that I'll say about, about your diet is drink half of your body weight in ounces. You've heard people say uh, eight glasses a day of, of uh, what is it, eight ounces of water. That's 64 ounces. Yeah, that's good. But take what, however much you weigh. If you're a 200-pound man, start drinking 100 ounces of water a day. Yes, you're going to have to pee more. But you know what else it does? One, it makes you feel better. You get colds less often. You piss out more waste and more fat. And you're hydrated. It feels great. I'm telling you, this shit works. And then there you go. You're going to lose probably about 15 pounds within the first two months. That's awesome. That is fucking awesome. And then obviously, if you want to add other stuff, sure, go ahead and do that. But this shit right here, that's it's going to make you a better person. Oh, what else? Am I thinking of anything else to help you out? Uh, get at least seven hours of rest at night. That would be another one. That's also going to help you. If you, uh, if you get less than seven hours of rest, you're more likely, I'm not going to say absolutely, but you're more likely to gain weight and for bad weight to stay on. I bet you didn't know when you turned this on that you were going to be listening to some badass shit. You're welcome. Oh, okay. So that brings me to my next thing. So that's all the, that's all the little bonuses in life. All the little, what they call life hacks or some shit, whatever. That's, uh, I just gave you some. So there we go. High five in the air. We're all good. On to the next one. And that's going to be Alex Jones appeared on Joe Rogan a couple days ago. Now, as you've heard, uh, I'm not a big fan of Joe Rogan. And I still am not. Uh, I, if, I would, if I could talk to Joe, or, uh, Alex Jones, I'd tell him, be cautious. I know you guys are friends for 20 plus years. Good for you guys. However, just because he had you on the show... Be cautious of this dude. All right? If Joe Rogan is coming back around to being his old his old self, great. That's a bonus for everybody. However, he's, as far as I can tell, still the same guy that he's been for the past two or three years. Where he's been shitting on Alex Jones. He's been shitting on Eddie Bravo. 
He's been shitting on uh, Brendan Schaub. He's been shitting on Alec, or, uh, Owen Benjamin. To the point where, what, two months ago, he told uh, uh, the, what, what's that one conservative uh, comedian, told him not, that uh, not to speak about Owen Benjamin, not to bring up Owen Benjamin's name. That's pretty fucked up. And, the, and by the way, it's, I'm not hearing it from anybody other than that comedian. And I can't think of his name. Is it... Uh, uh, he's an Italian. He's been on um, Crowder's show a few times. But anyway, that, uh, that tells me a lot. That, yeah, not only do you know that you're a piece of shit friend, um, you're wanting to cover your tracks so other people don't know. But anyway, uh, I have not watched the show yet. And, I mean, I've saved it. I've watched pieces of it. I've obviously seen some of the uh, the clips that other people have where <laughs> Alex Jones is like, all right, I gotta, let's, I, I just gotta say this for a minute. I'm kind of a retard. <laughs> oh, man. That was, <laughs> that's funny. Um, it's got, it's gotten some pretty good praise from people like Hex and Stixon, or Hex, Hexen, Hexen Stixon Hammer. Uh, that guy, he's, he gave praise to it. Um, Beauty and the Beta gave, gave praise to it. Um, who else? There's a couple of people that have watched it and said that it actually was pretty good. That they're pretty happy with it. Anomaly has watched it and, uh, he's pretty happy with it. Not only that, Anomaly... Uh, took a whole bunch of claims that Joe Rogan, or I'm sorry, that Alex Jones was making, and he he pointed out that they were all true, which is what I've been saying for the longest time. Not many people know what Alex Jones has been wrong about, and it hasn't been much. But yeah, he's gotten some shit wrong. But besides that, Alex Jones is usually fucking spot on. Who was I listening to? Oh, it was Hex and, Hex and Hammer today. Sticks Sticks Hex and Hammer. That's his name. He was. Uh, he was talking about a few things, and uh, he's got he's got a little bit different of a take than I do on Alex. Um, but overall, uh, I think he was uh, I think he's pretty right. But anyway, um, Owen Benjamin had a video in response to it, and uh, I guess some people were calling him up and telling him like, "Hey, man, fucking Alex showed up on Joe's show and he was wearing a NASA shirt. And he's he's making some he's he's taking some uh, shots at you or whatever." Uh, no, he wasn't. Uh, he wasn't doing that. Uh, Owen said that he called up some of the guys over at Infowars and asked them about it because he thought the same. I would have too. If I would have been on on uh, Alex's show and we're talking about some shit and uh, and Alex knows what happened to Owen Benjamin, he knows you know how Joe treated him and how he talked shit about him afterwards. And then next thing you know, all of a sudden Alex is on Joe's show. Yeah, I would have been pissed too, or else I would have been. I'd have been thinking something, and he was, and um, and he said he talked to the guys, and they were like, no, dude, he's not, you know, he's just going on the show to see if he can uh, work things out with his friend, you know, that, because, uh, dude, Alex Jones has been going off on Joe Rogan. Oh, and here's a, here's a, a different thing. It's a four-hour show. It starts at the 40-minute mark. Now, at least when I was when I was attempting to look at it or watch it in the background or whatever, 
I started it and I didn't notice it right away. I went down into the comments and everybody was saying, what happened to the first 40 minutes? What happened to the first 40 minutes? And then I checked it and I'm like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, it's missing 40 minutes. Now, I don't know if they changed that and they put the whole four hours on. But uh, yeah, last I saw, it started at the 40 minute mark. So that probably got past the, all right, listen, from Joe Rogan. All right, listen, you think that I've been attacking you and this, that. So they probably talked about that shit. I don't know. I, uh, I still intend to watch it. I'm not, I'm not not watching it for a purpose. I just haven't had time. I've been working on other shit. So, uh, but Owen Benjamin, and I think he's right to feel this way, still doesn't trust Joe Rogan. I wouldn't. I'm sorry, dude. There are 7 billion people on the face of the planet. I'm not going to waste my time with people who mistreat their friends for the past five years like I've seen Joe Rogan do and think, yeah, I want to be friends with I want to be friends with that motherfucker. Fuck him. I don't give a shit how many times he has Alex on. Unless he does a complete 180 and... Uh, Stop shitting on the conservatives and on Catholics and on Christians and fucking stop shitting on his friends and admits that shit. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to be his friend. I'm not subscribed to his shit anymore. I'm not checking his shit out. The only time I'll ever watch him is if it's somebody that I want to see. You know what I mean? If Crowder goes on there again, sure. If Gavin McGinnis goes on there, sure. If Alex Jones, if Owen Benjamin by some way, shape, or form were to go on there and he said that he wouldn't. If he were to go on, it's only going to, I'm only going to watch it if one of the people that I like goes on there. I'm not going to watch it for Joe. Joe has ruined my, my thought of him by how he's been with other people, you know? So, um, but yeah, so, uh, so Owen Benjamin is still, still, still calls him Toe Rogan. He has, dude, he has shit on him so hard. And uh, the thing about Joe is he's a pussy. He really is. I know, oh, well, he does jiu-jitsu and all. He's not the only one. Well, he's done taekwondo. Again, he's not the only one. Well, he's sparred and he's a tough guy. and he's, he's not the only one. Not just that. When Colby Covington, and this is why I call him a pussy. When, Joey, or, uh, when Colby Covington, who was the interim middleweight champ, said that he was going to slap Joe Rogan for the shit that he said about Colby. Um, And then Joe Rogan, his response was, please don't slap me. And then not just that, but to see how he treated his friends and how he shit-talked people behind their backs, right then and there, it made me label him a pussy. Right in my head, that was like, no, dude, you tell me you're going to slap me, I'm I'm probably going to respond with, okay, come slap me. Be ready for a fist fight. Win, lose, or draw, be ready for a fist fight. And, uh, and <laughs> since the last time that Owen Benjamin's been on a show, he has done nothing but talk shit about him. And, and he's got a reason to. You know, when you allow people on your show, like if me and my, uh, let's see, who do I have that's uh, a decent friend? Um, Lewis. Lewis, the guy I just met. Right, We just met. We just started working on some stuff a little bit. If he were to have somebody else on his show that was constantly shit-talking me, I'd want to call up Lewis and be like, dude, what is the deal? You know what I mean? What's the deal? Or at least I would hope that Lewis would sit there and be like, listen, all right, I don't know that guy that well, but you know, uh, he seems like a good dude. Things, like, things along those lines. Joe did none of that. 
he in fact agreed. You know, you got people like Whitney Cummings and shit. I know she did this on another show, but you got people like that that come on Joe's show and they talk mad shit about Owen. And then he, not only does he not offer any resistance, he doesn't try to defend Owen in any way, shape or form. And in fact agrees, oh yeah, that is, that is crazy. And doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah, Owen Benjamin has every right to talk shit about Joe Rogan. But Joe Rogan hasn't responded. Uh, And he knows his number. Like, he can call him up and be like, hey, motherfucker, quit talking that shit. And he doesn't, from what, at least from what Owen has uh, not said in a pertinent negative type of way. So, um, yeah, there's some. There's some shit that's, uh, that's been going on. Oh, and then the last thing that I was going to talk about was uh, macroevolution and race. So I guess I will make that the last thing that I'm about to talk about, being that I'm almost home. So macroevolution, the idea that we came from a single-celled organism um, from outer space that landed in here. I mean, they'd have a better, better argument that if or since the Big Bang, that there was automatically single-celled organisms on the planet as the planet was evolving. That would be a better argument than to think that you just had rock and water on the planet after, in the gravitational pull of, of the core of the Earth that as it was spinning around the sun, so you had the sun there, and then to, to, to think that a meteor came in with a single-celled organism in it somewhere, as if there was so much in it that, you know, some survived the brutal, violent entry into the earth. And not just that, but the brutal, violent slamming into the earth. It somehow, some way survived that. I mean, even slamming into the ocean. If something is big enough to make it through our atmosphere, to make it through the, uh, the not the Orion Belt, what the fuck, it, Van Allen Belt, to make it through all that, holy shit, motherfuckers. Almost got an accident. Thanks, guys. Is that that same Jeep? You motherfucker. Anyway, so long story short, we come in, in the idea of macroevolution where we come from a single-celled organism from outer space that landed in, on Earth and then we came about from that, from the sludge, and then all of a sudden, you know, we became apes, and then we, we, um, I guess it would be that we came from apes in Africa, and we evolved into a couple stages right before uh, Homo sapien, or Homo sapien, and that started somehow in Africa, and then you have the race there. Okay, so. I'm going to fuck all this up because I haven't done my research on this in a while. (laughs) Fuck. Um, Is that where I was going to start from? I feel like that's where I was going to start from. Anyway, my argument to all of that that I can't even come up with the the argument admittedly right now um, is that race isn't a... uh, isn't that we're all different races per se in the sense that like we all came we 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 came from macroevolution i believe in the bible and in fact i believe in the bible's description of how we came to be now that's not to say that i don't hold open the possibility that we could have came about through macroevolution 
but I certainly do not see enough evidence to prove that we came from macroevolution. And not just that, but you have the scientific community that acts that, oh wow, I just did that, that asks for millions of years of slack. Yeah, thanks a lot, ladies. Anyway, um, it asks for millions of years of slack at the very least in order to explain how we came from another species. Unexpectedly and unnecessarily. Like that's the whole thing behind macroevolution is that things started to evolve for no reason. Out of zero necessity, things just evolved. It was one thing, it would be like human beings one day all of a sudden changing, changing into something else. And not microevolution. Microevolution is just adaptation. Again, you take a dog that was born in Florida, you bring it up to Alaska, it's going to grow thicker fur, thicker skin. It's what it's the old, the the old way of thinking that you have thicker blood in the north. It's not really that you have thicker blood per se, but you have your body adapts to the cold so that it can stay warm longer. In fact, um, when the pilgrims came to the United States, it was in colder weather, or at least in, in the northern parts, and uh, the Indians weren't wearing that much shit. They weren't wearing like furs all over the place like, like an Eskimo. And in fact, uh, many believe that that's where they got the name Redskins from. It was because their skin adapted to the environment, to the cold environment, and it gave a redder hue. And in fact, that goes into my other part of the argument. That, in fact, we're not uh, different races per se that we all came, you know, from Africa and somehow changed race for no reason. But rather, that we're all the same race and because of migration, skin... Uh, needed to be fed vitamin D in one way or another. So um, in the, in the, in the uh, Middle East, in Africa, in places like that, you have an, an overabundance of the sun. So therefore, your skin is going to be darker. It's so that the, it, it, it's um, because it has so much vitamin D, so much of the UV rays that are already hitting it, And then therefore, when people go northern and they have less sun, their skin needs to be lighter in order to absorb the vitamin D necessary to uh, remain, uh, what is it, homeostasis? So that is my argument. That was a really fucked up way of saying all of that. I don't think I I made a lot of sense in all that. I apologize because I think I am actually getting hungry and I'm almost home. So I apologize for the fucked up explanation, but let's see if I can do it, if I can give you a synopsis of it. Um, My argument, we did not come from outer space. Uh, We were actually created by God. And and in fact, what happened at the Tower of Babel did in fact happen. I know I didn't include that earlier. And we were spread apart in a migrational purpose in order to spread across the the whole of the, the, the world. And we were exposed to different UV ray exposure in which our skin had to adapt in order to uh, remain homeostatic, homeostasis, probably fucking up that word too. So 
The different races, quote unquote races, is based off of UV ray exposure as opposed to a macro evolutionary um, way of doing things. Which even with their argument would mean that this either this, yeah, the same single-celled organisms would have hit at different parts of the earth and started growing or started evolving. I'm sorry, started evolving and ended up at the same level at, at uh, the same time, right? God, I really got to, I got to write this one down. I did not come prepared for this argument. <laughs> I'm going to get there. We're going to get there. Just, just you sit tight. We're going to get there. Um, but any hizzle, I'm going to come back. Um, I think I'm putting all of my brain waves into this, this piece that I'm doing on the divinity of Jesus. So sadly, you're just going to have to deal with some, uh, subpar arguments from me. <laughs> so hold on to your seats cause it'll get there. And while you're doing that, be accountable, be responsible. Don't be liberal.